Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, that's my mom. And Glenn Leverins. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Wednesday, January 17th. Good morning and welcome back to a brand new hour of Morning Air on the Memorial of St. Anthony the Abbot. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for making us a part of your morning across America and beyond, wherever you may be on this Wednesday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app on Wednesdays. Always just take a a brief moment uh, to remind you about St. Joseph. We always think of St. Joseph on Wednesdays. Pray to St. Joseph. He is a powerful intercessor. So go to Joseph, the head of the Holy Family. You can always send us an email directly if you have anything on your mind you want to share with us, any thoughts, story ideas, uh, uh, any uh, kudos or criticism. We uh, would love to hear from you. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Want to also remind you that the March for Life in Washington D.C. is uh, this Friday, and again this year, Relevant Radio is inviting you to fast for life in solidarity with the marchers. Take an active part in the march from your home or your office by praying and fasting for the protection of the unborn. Now, how are people participating? Well. Kevin and Laura from Pennsylvania wrote, We will participate by doing a traditional Lenten-type fast, abstaining from meat, small meals, and no eating in between meals. Autumn from Burnsville, Minnesota wrote, No Diet Coke for 24 hours. And Barbara from Fluggerville, Texas wrote in, she says, Uh, Refrain from playing games on my phone. So there's many different ways uh, to get involved. Tell us how you'll be participating on Friday at relevantradio.com slash fast. That's relevantradio.com slash fast. And be sure to share the hashtag fast for life on your social media. I want to bring in uh, Glenn and Sarah once again. Hey, Glenn, what are a few of the big stories making headlines this hour here on this Wednesday morning? All those folks who want to be president really bad, working really hard in New Hampshire, uh, hot on the heels of the Iowa caucuses on Tuesday. Uh, President Trump taking time to uh, act like he's the only one in the race, saying we uh, need to focus not on the other candidates, but on on President Biden and and get the job done in the general election. Vivek Ramaswamy, who finished a distant fourth in Iowa and uh, dropped out of the race, uh, instantly jumped on the Trump bandwagon. He was calling for the other candidates, uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, to drop out as well. Some of the polling in New Hampshire has it pretty close uh, between uh, Haley and former President Trump. Uh, Ron DeSantis, a distant third at this point. Uh, He spent most of his time and energy in Iowa, where Haley focused a little more on New Hampshire, John. Well, I got to tell you, Glenn, I I caught a little bit uh, of uh, a a press conference yesterday uh, in New Hampshire uh, with Vivek and uh, the former President Trump on stage together. And it was uh, it was quite interesting to to see Ramaswamy, uh, you know, pitching on behalf of uh, President uh, Trump uh, when you considered it just literally, uh, you know, just a couple of days ago, uh, he he was uh, going at it uh, against him as a rival. So they those two quickly 
made up. And in fact, uh, Trump uh, teased uh, about the future for Ramaswamy, uh, saying he'll be working with us for a long time. Uh, in fact, it was interesting to see uh, the the facial expressions on Trump because Ramaswamy, once this guy gets going, he's so enthusiastic. He gets so fired up and he's so like in the moment. And Trump is just like smiling and looking at him and uh, sort of saying, hey, uh, that a boy." <laughs> yes, uh, I'm sure uh, Ramaswamy is auditioning for a job in a, in a future Trump cabinet. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, it's not uncommon for uh, heated rivals in a, in a primary situation to end up working together, sometimes on the same ticket. So we'll, absolutely. Uh, we'll see what happens there as we look ahead to the general election. Uh, some of the polling numbers, quite interesting. The three top uh, Republican candidates all uh, coming out just a bit ahead of uh, of President Biden in uh, various matchups here, according to a CBS News poll. Nikki Haley straight up against Joe Biden would win 53 to 45 percent. Ron DeSantis 51 to 48 percent. And the former President Trump going up against President Biden, a 50 to 48 uh, margin. They're all uh, the last two anyway, pretty close within the 3.1 margin of error. But uh, kind of interesting as well, showing that Democrats do have their work cut out for them as well. And of course, uh, these uh, polls can can change in a in a matter of hours. Uh, there's been some other recent polls that showed uh, Nikki Haley up uh, by 17 points on uh, uh, President Biden. So uh, you know, uh, it, it's interesting to see this latest uh, CBS poll in the aftermath of uh, of uh, the Iowa caucuses. You know, just as another footnote, uh, Glenn, uh, you, you, we were talking about you know uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, and, and Trump. Uh, you remember back in the day, I believe it was in 1980, uh, President Ronald Reagan and George W. Uh, Bush uh, Sr., George Herbert uh, Bush, Bush Sr., uh, those two didn't like each other at all. They were bitter rivals, and yet uh, Reagan was the big man, and he picked uh, Bush as his vice president uh, in, in, in that uh, important election. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, that happens time and again. Uh, Kennedy and Johnson, not big fans of one another in 1960 either. And uh, that ended up being Johnson's uh, path to the presidency after the, the death of President Kennedy. Absolutely. Well, they say that uh, politics is a contact sport. So uh, you just never know, uh, you know, what what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, there's still a long, long way to go until November, Glenn. Speaking of contact sports, we're going to talk a little pro wrestling. John, you got any experience with pro wrestlers? Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. You know, actually, I, I uh, shared a little bit of my story last last hour. So anybody that just joining us, uh, you know, a few years ago, actually quite a few years ago, back uh, in my TV days in Detroit, uh, uh, I was uh, doing the sports, and we had a uh, guest in studio, a uh, a very uh, well known wrestler at the time, uh, the Brooklyn. Brawler was uh, in studio, and uh, he had told me ahead of time that he was going to pick me up and slam me out of desk. So this is totally staged, but we actually <laughs> did it on live television, you know, on a, on a Friday night. I'll never forget it. It was it was really really uh, funny, but uh, not so funny if, if anything would have gone wrong because you know he, he could have broke my back right on the anchor desk. Well, I mean, John, here I looked this guy up. This is this you know at the beginning of wrestling matches, they always have these little promotions where they're trying to like rev up the crowd and everything, and this is what this guy said and let me tell you something the only reason i came to the wwf was not to wrestle it was to inflict pain which i love to do wow this is the guy you let pick you up and throw you on he 
He just likes to inflict pain. Well, I mean, God bless you. I'm glad you made it through that. He was as gentle as a teddy bear, though, actually, <laughs> in real life. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, that's uh, Which leads us uh, to the Hulkster. Hulk Hogan is in the news, uh, Glenn. Yeah, these wrestlers, they can be tough and mean, but they can be good guys, too. Former pro wrestler Hulk Hogan being credited with rescuing a 17-year-old girl from a car crash just outside of the Tampa airport Sunday night. He was driving along with his wife and a friend, and they saw the wreck. The car flipped over. He uh, went into action, was able to uh, kind of pop the airbag and get the girl out. The car had flipped over, and she, uh, again, 17-year-old girl, uh, survived without injury there and uh, playing the role of hero once again, Hulk Hogan. So uh, way to go, Hulkster. Yeah, well, uh, Hogan uh, is, is, is up there in age, but the guy still looks awfully good uh, from the pictures I'm looking at. <laughs> Well, he's uh, he's seventy and very tan and still in shape. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, got to keep up appearances. <laughs> that's a that's a really good uh, feel good story. Uh, uh, my hats off uh, to Hulk Hogan uh, for for being a hero. Uh, hey, you know, I, I you ask you, you guys asked me about uh, wrestlers. I actually got into the ring uh, with a world championship boxer once for charity. That's a whole other story. I'll have to tell you about that oh, one. Oh, man, this keeps getting <laughs> What better. a teaser. Oh, gosh, here we go. I'll tell you about that one some other time. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. We actually shot a promo, and I got up in his face. It says, I want you. And he's like, bring it on. So uh, <laughs> lots of goofy, crazy stories oh, from my man. sports reporting days. There we go. Did you, did you bruise his knee when you swung straight ahead at him there? Uh, no, I actually pushed him into the corner. And this is the guy, you know, he's like a, a you know a middleweight champion of the world. And I mean, I pushed the guy into the corner in, in our exhibition bout. Uh, and obviously it was all for fun and it was all staged. But uh, there was maybe about 1,500 people at a hotel actually watching this for, for charity. So <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It, uh, you know, it it uh, allowed me to live out my Rocky fantasies. There you go. Oh, buddy. You can hear the music playing in your head. <laughs> There's some steps in Philadelphia waiting for you there, John. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, we begin every morning, as we always do, uh, in prayer, giving thanks to our Lord, the Prince of Peace, for all of our many blessings. And we pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, the Queen of Peace, as we continue to pray for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and Ukraine, peace in our nation, peace in our church and in our families, peace in our hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And every morning we invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In fact, a little bit later this hour, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they help leaders with our very own Dave Duran. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from 2 Corinthians 6.2. The Apostle St. Paul writes, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
As Catholics, we need to understand that our salvation is not is a, is a process. It is not a sprint. It's much more like a marathon. St. Paul reminds us that we were saved by grace and faith in Christ. We are working out our salvation in fear and trembling, and we will be saved if we persevere until the end. So today is the day of salvation. Let us begin. And we always pray with great confidence from the chapter of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. As always, you can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And you can find us on social media on X. Our Twitter handle is at Morning Air Show as well as on Facebook. We need to take a short pause. When Morning Air continues, our spiritual director, Father Marcel Atayon, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island, will be with us to talk about trusting God and His will for us. So stay with us. We are just warming up here on this Wednesday edition of Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Wednesday morning here in the second week of Ordinary Time on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Today is the memorial of St. Anthony the Abbot, who was called the Patriarch of Monks. He was born in 251 AD, retired to the Egyptian desert when he was 18 years old, and was the first abbot to form a stable rule for his community of monks dedicated to the service of God. St. Anthony's renown for spiritual direction prompted many people to travel to the desert to seek his his advice. Again, our toll-free number, if you want to be part of the program, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, is 888-914-9149. Now, most of us, when we were youngsters, had a a special friend uh, that we could trust, uh, uh, someone that we shared everything about our lives with, uh, a friend that would listen to us and actually uh, make us feel a lot better because they really cared. But uh, who can we trust better than God, than the Lord himself? God wants the best for us. Even though sometimes we don't understand his will, he always has our back. And that's why every single day here uh, on the show, we pray, Jesus, I trust in you. And every time we pray the Our Father, we should remember the words, thy will be done. Joining us live is our spiritual director uh, this morning, Father Marcel Tyone, with much more on trusting God and his will for us. Father Tyone is the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island. He has served for over a decade in vocation ministry for Our Lady of Providence Seminary while chaplain of Bishop Hendrick in high school and, of course, a longtime relevant radio and morning air contributor. Good morning, Father Tyone. Thanks so much for being with us. It's great to be with you once again uh, on uh, the memorial of another spiritual director. 
Well, a great spiritual director, and uh, you know, Saint Anthony is one of my favorites. But I, I love how he he goes out into the desert. We think of John the Baptist, Jesus out in the desert, where there's really no distractions. There's that incredible silence that is deafening silence, and uh, just amazing. But there, he can hear the Holy Spirit, and Jesus speaks to him, and and he's with the Lord so much, and listening only to the Lord. Uh, I think what happens is the desert fathers, you know, were able to auto almost start to squelch out their own their own voice, their own thoughts, and just listen to the Lord. And that's why people went to seek him out, uh, because his prayer life uh, encouraged, I think, and given the grace by his location, all also helped him do that. So sometimes, you know, I don't know, even lay people are encouraged to go on retreat, to maybe not go to the desert, but go to a retreat house or a pilgrimage site, a shrine, a local church for a holy hour, somewhere where we stop the noise, we get out of our environment, and we can just sit with the Lord and try not to talk too much and listen. Um, so when the challenging times do come, uh, we're not so thrown off, and we know that God loves us. And I think that's that's the prayer life, right? We have an intimate, relational relationship with Jesus. We relate to Him. We listen to Him. We have a, a deep, ongoing, subsisting love for God. We trust that He loves us. We know that. And then, because sufferings will come to all of our lives, we know that, including our Lord's life, the Holy Family, certainly not exempt had more sufferings than we did in many ways, different kinds. And uh, so the great topic for today is something that affects all of us. What do we do when, when things are difficult? How do we trust God? You know, how do we stay at the cross and not run away? Um, you know, of course, there's so many examples of that. There's encouragements for that in Scripture. We have the example of Jesus himself who remained on the cross. Again, love kept him on the cross, not the nails, right? He stayed there because he loved the Father, and that was the Father's will to save us, to redeem us. So Jesus knew the Father's will. Where did he live? We, last weekend, you know, come and see, where do I stay? He lives and stays in the Father's will, and to do God's will always was what Jesus comes to share with us. And so we, we keep our lives so close to him that we do that too. So we, there will be difficult times. Maybe today's a difficult day in your life. You listen to this program or someone you love is just an excruciating situation. That That's very hard. They come and go, of course. And, uh, you know, what, what does God have to say to that? And God wants to have friendship with us in these moments and share the cross with us. So this is not a, a feudalism or a surrender an unhealthy surrendering, but a healthy sur- a surrender into the cross, not a giving up on life or certainly giving up on God. So there's a temptation when suffering comes that, especially if people don't know Jesus and they don't know the church and they don't frequent the sacraments, and they don't know the lives of the saints, a great temptation of the enemy will be to sort of kind of whisper in our ear that God doesn't love us because these things are happening. He's abandoned us or at least doesn't care. And those are lies. So that's the first thing we need to know is that uh, God does care. He has not abandoned us, even when we're maybe exhausted and confused and kind of feeling sort of sort of listing at sea without <laughs> seeing land or anything. Where, where's my heart, my mind, my soul, my life going to kind of get in a safe harbor again? And we have to be patient, right? We have to have a patience with that because God... God knows us better than we know ourselves. He loves us more than we love others or us. So think of the people you love most in your life. God loves you and them more. So Christ reveals that to us with a great certainty. So we have to kind of lean into that. So I think one of the great things to do is, like St. Anthony, to kind of take time in the desert if we're not suffering, if we're suffering, to, to invoke the saints. Ask St. Anthony, ask you know, Padre Pio, Sister Faustina, John Paul, whoever your, your saints are, to, to invoke.
invoke them for you and, and to do that. And I think most of us, one thing we can do is to reflect back on our own lives 2020 uh, with spiritual vision, spiritual glasses, right? We look back and once we're through a suffering, we can see the graces that God gave to us. Maybe someone helping us, learning in faith, learning more about Jesus. And sometimes, often, doesn't this re- reality of being able to see our past through God's eyes and His love doesn't happen till after. So that's that's the challenge a lot. We all know that. So we need to really trust God in difficult times. When sometimes reading His Word is helpful. If, again, uh, if you haven't read Scripture or never did, or maybe don't do it very often, certain pastures are great around this some of the psalms the suffering psalms the consoling psalms um there's very very beautiful things we hear them at mass sometimes if you're at mass and you hear a an antiphon or a reading that's very consoling to you in a peaceful time kind of make a list and then you can kind of scripture taste back when maybe things are a little dry or difficult we can go back to those that particular word or that scene in the gospel that helps us and consoles us. So that's one thing to do. The second thing is to try to, I'd suggest just trying to be grateful when one is still suffering. There are still things to be grateful for, for Christ coming, for the cross. Um, so trying to dwell on the positive things that are still positive amidst great suffering. So that's an important part of this. Of course, one of the scriptures that is the hardest but the most freeing, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And that's, again, easier said than done, easy to read, sometimes hard to live. But that's from Luke's Gospels. So that's what we're called to do. And again, that means trusting God. I have a great, there's a great book that's very short called Into Your Hands, Father, by Wilfred Stinnison. Um, it's called Abandoning Ourselves to the God Who Loves Us. I'm rereading it again in my own life these days. It's one of the best books I've ever read. It's short, and it kind of really delves into this topic in a very deep, profound way. And the little paragraphs, not overwhelming. So I'd encourage you to maybe read that or find an author that speaks to this issue, because it's something we all deal with is is suffering, and, and suffering has been redeemed by Jesus. So we have to wait in the Lord, remain in Him. We heard last weekend, right? Remain in me as I remain in the Father. So I'm at, the, at Jesus on the cross was not doing nothing. He wasn't alone. He was in the will of the Father, and the Father loved him and was with him. He knew the Father's love, which is why he was uh, beautifully loved at that moment through this whole passion that he went through. And we, too, are loved by the Lord and the Father uh, the same. So we need to kind of, I think our prayer lives hopefully can sort of ramp that up. You know, you know, Padre Pio said, pray, hope, and don't worry. I always have trouble with the last part. I can pray, I can hope, but I tend to be anxious. We're anxious about other people and things and the world and, and our own lives and maybe our family's lives and things like that. So we need to just kind of trust. Uh, Jesus, I trust in you, which we said at the top of the hour here. is such a beautiful, simple prayer. And sometimes that's all we can say, but say it with meaning, say it with trust. Jesus, I trust in you. And then we can not only just persevere, but be profoundly transformed by our suffering. So so that's the invitation that the Lord gives us today. Well, Father Tayon, uh, this is a, a, a super interesting uh, topic, because I think trusting in the Lord, trusting in Jesus, uh, is so important for every one of us. Uh, as you were talking, I, I was thinking of St. Thomas Aquinas, another one of the all-time great uh, theologians and saints who, who once said, the, the essence of the spiritual life is friendship with God. If you're going to have friendship with God, friendship with Jesus, you have to trust Him. And I 
think that that's really uh, what what it's all about. I, I want to uh, invite our listeners uh, if uh, if you want to be part of our kind con- of conversation uh, on trusting in God and His will for us. Uh, do you have a tough time uh, trusting in the Lord? Uh, how do you put a worry uh, in the Lord's hands? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We're taking your calls for Father Marcel Tyone at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one. Four, nine. Father, you mentioned some of the different verses in Scripture that we can meditate on. And obviously, you know, praying, Jesus, I trust in you is so, so short and powerful. But in Proverbs 3, 5, in fact, I have this one framed in my kitchen in a beautiful frame. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. It is such mm-hmm. a powerful a reminder of the importance of trust. He wants us to, to truly trust trust him from the heart. And obviously that scripture is spoken to you or it wouldn't be framed in your house, but I like that. I think that's a good example for listeners today, right? If there's a passage that just speaks to this issue for you, put it in a prominent place, put it put it in the kitchen, put it in the bathroom, put it near the bed, put it put it in the living room and, and get it framed. And, and sometimes even a visitor, someone else can look at that also spur a great discussion. But those are the things I think when you do is find the scriptures that console us, that coach us, that, that help us. There's so many. Um, a lot of the scriptures are about suffering, right? God's people suffering, God's suffering, and our own suffering. So this is the Christian love story uh, wrapped in this, but it is. It's trusting God. We will only trust someone that we know loves us. That's life, even in our own life. Who do we confide in? Who do we go to for for counsel? Uh, you know, it would only be people that we believe are good. And I think for a Catholic, for a Christian, people that we know that love God. So if someone trusts God, they can help us trust God. And, and so we have to come, we really got to experience the love that God has for us, especially when times are peaceful and maybe maybe not so desperate, so to speak. But we need to do that regularly so that we can do that. I had a powerful conversation last night, and I don't know if listeners have had this happen, but I had a, a young man in his 20s who's had a lot of maladies throughout his life, um, suffered many things physically, um, and last night he he stopped in and he said to me, Father, it could see something else happened in someone else's life. He, he loved this very challenging. But, you know, and he, he was, he's joyfully he trusts God. He's so sweet. But he said, you know, when I was little or younger, he said I used to be distant from God. And I would say, why is this happening to me? And he said, now, he said, all my suffering and these things I've gone through are the big, greatest part of my life. I'm the most grateful for my suffering. I wasn't always like this. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he didn't even know topic for today's radio show. But I thought it was like that. So maybe maybe some of our callers have things like where there's been a transformative look at the sufferings of our life based on the graces that we get by trusting in God. So I, I, I inspired me last night and I, it made me think of my own life too. And I could say the same in different ways. So hopefully, hopefully if you're listening today, you can say that too. And, um, and it's something this year to encourage others. Well, one thing is to talk about uh, trusting in the Lord. Another thing is to really live it out, especially uh, when there's a dire, very challenging situation where you really have to put your trust in the Lord. Patrick is joining us this morning from uh, Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, Good morning, Patrick. Welcome to Morning Air. Uh, You're on with Father Tyone. Hi, good morning. Um, The one thing I've been doing uh, in the last couple of months that helped me greatly is doing the Angelus and doing the morning offering. And, and it's changed my life so drastically just by doing those little prayers in the morning. 
Well, that's a great suggestion too, right? So thanks for suggesting that. A morning offering, giving ourselves to God for that day, kind of consecrating that day to God. And the Angelus is the special prayer the Church has to remember the incarnation of Jesus and that moment when Mary said yes. Um, and it's great. Sometimes you hear church bells ringing in your neighborhood at noon at 6 o'clock. That's a call to the Angelus prayer. Many people don't know that. They think it's to keep time. Um, but for us, whenever we hear the bells ring at 12 and 6, it should be a reminder that that God came into the world at that moment. Mary said yes, and we say yes. She was obedient. Obviously, she suffered a lot, but I, I think you give good example, good counsel. So morning offering, Angelus, and maybe night night examination and offering back. So punctuating our day, that's what the monks do, what's called liturgy of the hours. So when we punctuate our day with prayer, especially those kind of, those consecrating those times, in the other four or five hours in between, we'll remember the be- the first prayer and, the, and then the other one. So that's a great suggestion just to, to change your life. So amen to that, and thanks for sharing that for everybody else. Thanks so much, uh, Patrick. Uh, we go to Nicholas, uh, who's joining us from Cape Coral, Florida. Good morning, Nicholas. Uh, you're uh, part of the conversation with uh, Father Tyone. Okay, well, I just have a comment about the trust and the, my uh, adventures with that. I've been finding a penny for years, just laying around, and I pick it up, and I go buy lottery tickets because I think it's a fortunate penny. Well, one day I was telling my wife, I have to be doing this for three or four years, and I keep finding this penny and keep buying lottery tickets, but I don't win anything. She says, what's it say in the penny? And it says, in God we trust. So now I give a little bit to the poorhouse every time I get a penny, and I trust the Lord. Oh, that's a great thing. And right, uh, yeah, even on our money, right, even the United States currency says, in God we trust, but do we? Do we as a nation? Do we, you know, it's it's, uh, Roe v. Waits fall rise and fall that we commemorate this week in the country but do we you know do we do we trust god do we trust god and you know i always think you know almost i wouldn't want to win the lottery don't tell anyone but i think it would be sort of disastrous unless it all goes to a cause it'd be so distracting from from life you know but uh but i but i love that you know your wife kind of hooked that up for you but that's that's true right so maybe uh that's it in god we trust jesus i trust in you and we need to pray that everybody does that including people in our families that are suffering relationships situations at work at home uh, in life and we need to just really uh prayer prayer raises the experience of trust in god love that god has for us and then that peace jesus wants to give us peace you know we think of the saints like maximilian colby and auschwitz how could he keep his faith in auschwitz we think of you know Elizabeth of the Trinity, and we just think of all these incredible people, Walter Chiswick, that were in these horrific, evil situations who had cultivated this prayer life, and that's why they could be an inspirational light for others. And, and we can do that, too. You don't have to be in a, a camp to do that. Sometimes our lives emotionally feel like we live in a place like that, but we need to trust and entrust others and bring other people to Jesus so they know that they can have the confidence to trust God. Again, we only trust someone that loves us, ultimately. Uh, we only trust people we someone told us is good or that we've experienced as holy, and uh, and God is the most holy. So so let's recommit ourselves say, to trust Him and to experience that, and then have that like a holy, trusting confidence when, when we're at the cross ourselves or someone we love is at the cross. And, and know God's always bringing, He's always giving grace at the cross, and Good Friday became Easter, and uh, the hardest day for Jesus came the best day for Him and for us and for the Father's will to be fulfilled. So let's fulfill God's will. Trust Him, confident, prayerful, and uh, resting resting in the sacred heart of Jesus today. So Jesus, we trust in you. Thank you for this, these comments, these callers and for all the good that you give us in our lives. 
Father Tyone, uh, a beautiful, uh, beautiful meditation here on the importance of trust. And we can say that short little prayer all day long, all the time. Jesus, I trust in you. Thanks so much for being with us. All right. God bless. Father Marcel Tyone, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and a longtime Relevant Radio and Morning Air contributor. We need to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, our personal success coach, Dave Duran, the co-founder and executive chairman of Best Version Media, he'll be with us to discuss the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they actually help leaders. So stay with us as uh, we're headed down the stretch on this Wednesday edition of Morning air here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much uh, for joining us on this Wednesday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. You can always send us an email directly uh, with whatever might be on your mind or any uh, story ideas you might have. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And you can also find us on social media, on X, formerly Twitter, our handle at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. Now, uh, in case you missed last Saturday, the Dave Durant Show is back here on Relevant Radio, and uh, it was uh, better than it ever. Uh, in fact, I want to just remind you to check out the Dave Durant Show Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Now, this morning, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. In fact, that is one of my favorite tunes. Uh, it's so popular at confirmations. It's a never-ending reminder of the third divine person of the Holy Trinity. Devotion to the Holy Spirit is so important because without the Holy Spirit, we cannot say that Jesus is Lord, as St. Paul reminds us. Now, do you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available for everyone, including leaders? If you're a leader, perhaps there are some gifts that you you may need to tap into, so listen up and pay attention here this morning. Joining us live from Fort Myers, Florida, is our longtime Morning Air contributor and personal success coach, Dave Duran, uh, with much more on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they actually help leaders. Dave Duran is an author, professional speaker, and executive coach. He's the co-founder and executive chairman of Best Version Media and a founder of Lighthouse Catholic Media and DE Media. You can always follow Dave on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And our number, toll-free, if you want to be part of the conversation with Dave Duran, it's 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Good morning, Dave. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. It's, it's great to be with you once again. Great to be with you, John. Dave, how did it feel to uh, have your show back on the air, the Dave Duran Show, once again on Relevant Radio? Oh, it felt great. I mean, it's uh, it's such a uh, Relevant Radio is just such a great organization. I mean, the very fact that people can just tune in and listen to something that can integrate their entire life. I mean, you're you're going to hear all sorts of things on Relevant Radio to enhance and deepen your faith, but 
what you know the, i think the wisdom and the genius of relevant radio is that we enhance and uh develop our faith not only through formal prayer and sacraments and all those things which are essential but also just the way we live our daily lives and to be able to listen to something and say okay this is how i can be a better father or this is how i can be better at my at my job this is how i can think more clearly about things that are taking place you know, uh, in, in life, whether it's a, you know, a, a, a political understanding of something or it's a spiritual matter or it's a familiar matter. And you can do that on, on relevant radio. And I just love to be able to do that when it comes to ideas like leadership and personal growth. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, we appreciate that you uh, make time to be with us here on Morning Ear uh, every Wednesday. And uh, the, the beauty of your show is that you have a lot more time to really get into into more detail uh, and uh, also uh, open it up for anyone else who might want to uh, to uh, be part of the show. I, I know f- folks can email you uh, with, with questions or comments. And so you, it, uh, it gives you a lot more opportunity to go a lot d- deeper with a full hour. It does. Yeah. They can, they can reach me at Dave at leadinggiants.com if they'd like questions answered on careers or entrepreneurship or anything like that at all. And yeah, and we also have some tremendous guests on the show as well, too. Uh, this upcoming Saturday, we have Mark Middendorf, who is, uh, uh, the president of Ave Maria University. And he's also one of the co-founders of Lighthouse Catholic Media. Uh, and so he's, uh, just a tremendous leader and a really great story. Well, uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit here in this segment, uh, more specifically the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they help leaders. And in, and in preparation to chat about this uh, last night, Dave, I pulled out an old book uh, by uh, Father Paul Sullivan from like 1953, uh, The Holy Ghost is Our Greatest Friend. And it is so rich and so full of, of great wisdom. And the reminder is that without the Holy Ghost, we are literally blind. And and so uh, I think this is a fabulous topic because you, especially for leadership, for leaders, they need the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. You know, when you think about this, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, they, they almost read like a self-help course. Uh, of course, this is not what they are. And I always want to remind people that the whole purpose of our faith is to get to heaven. The whole purpose of life is to be with God forever in the beatific vision. But we can't separate that living a good life according to Catholic principles, uh, we can't separate that from, from, from goodness here. I mean, if you're honest and you're hardworking and you have all these things, you're going to do better in life. Now, of course, God has a particular plan for everyone, which is why some of the saints have suffered greatly and intensely on earth. But for the most part, when we follow these certain principles, we're going to do really well in our careers and whatnot. And if you think about it, who, okay, if you're saying, here, how, let's do it this way. Words never said. You know what I loved about working there? Nobody was wise. They couldn't make a good decision. Nobody had any understanding. Nobody could provide good advice or counsel. Everybody quit. They had no fortitude. Nobody had any knowledge or respect. That would be literally the opposite of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit draws toward God, and that's the particular ultimate target, but they also work in matters uh, uh, temporal. So to have wisdom is both the knowledge of and judgment about divine things and the ability to judge and direct human affairs, but according to the divine truth, that but is in there for me. But that, that whole idea of according to you know human affairs means that you're making decisions in the workplace and you have the ability to make good decisions, honest decisions, effective decisions. And that's something that's that's powerful. Why do I say that? Because you know ultimately the transcendentals of, of goodness, truth, and brute beauty 
draw us toward God, the ultimate goodness, the ultimate truth, the ultimate beauty. And when we experience those smaller things here, the small t's, like two plus two is four, not five, we understand two plus two is four. We somehow know God better because that's the actual answer. That's the truth. And when we're taught a lie, two plus two is five, and that's a metaphor for all the lies we're taught in the workplace today, we don't know God better. We don't have wisdom. Uh, we run counter to that. And even though it might placate some people in popularity short term, it always will destroy your organization. Well, I want to just real briefly mention uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit before we dive further into each one of them. Of course, we're talking about wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, uh, fear of God or fear of the Lord. So uh, we chatted briefly uh, about uh, the the gift of, of wisdom. I also want to uh, invite our listeners, if you're especially if you're a leader, if you're a leader in business or any arena uh, and have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you pray the Holy Spirit uh, on, a, on a regular basis uh, or have anything you you uh, would like to, to share with us uh, about the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're taking your calls for Executive Coach Dave Duran on our toll-free line at 888-914-9149, 888 uh, What about the gift of understanding? How does this uh, gift of the Holy Spirit help leaders? Well, understanding is the, penet- uh, the penetrating insight into the very heart of things, especially those higher truths that are necessary for eternal sal- salvation, in, a, in, a, in effect, the ability to see God. So we ultimately know that's the purpose, the ability to see God, right? That's the ultimate thing. But, let, but let's not miss that other part, okay, is the penetrating insight into the very heart of things, okay, which is all things, but especially those higher truths that are necessary for eternal salvation. So this is a very interesting thing. If you look at people who are subject to buying lies and so many things that took place, for example, during the whole COVID time and everything else, when people just were like any idea that somebody threw out there, okay, uh, and they were like, okay, great. Well, they didn't have understanding. They didn't have wisdom. They didn't have penetrating insight into the very heart of things and what are the, the heart of those basic things here on earth leads us especially to those higher truths that are necessary for eternal salvation. And I must tell you that it was so abundantly clear. The pattern was so clear. And uh, while I don't have, uh, you know, uh, uh, an unlimited amount of gifts, uh, there's no doubt about it. One of them I have is to recognize patterns, and this is not uncommon for leaders. And when you see that the further away people are from God the more they are subject to buying and perpetuating these ridiculous lies. And the closer that a person is to God, the easier they see them. And clearly they see them. This is a pattern that it becomes a very, very real thing. Now, it doesn't mean that we all don't have blind spots and we can't fall into a certain manipulation or we take the best of a bad idea and we try to manifest that because we recognize the good in it and other people might perceive the motive differently. But the idea is that if we have understanding we're going to be less subject to be manipulated. And we are going to be way better protectors of those people we lead because a big part of leadership is to protect. What about the gift of counsel? How does uh, this gift uh, help leaders? So counsel is, it allows a man to be directed by God in matters necessary for his salvation. So this is, you know, ultimately speaking to be able to say, Hmm, when I'm making this decision, I'm leading other people to this decision. This, so you remember, we, when, when we 
put our souls in peril. It's because we're making decisions that most people would consider worldly decisions. We're making a decision to lie, cheat, or steal, to manipulate, to hide, to cook the books, to inflate a sales price, to gouge something, to just run something under the carpet. And when we are giving our own self-counsel, receiving counsel from the Holy Spirit, or providing counsel to other people on matters like this, they don't just lead to whether or not your business is respected and honorable, but it leads to whether or not you're actually putting your soul in peril. So counsel is what allows a man to be directed by God in matters necessary for his salvation. And that also allows us to read something or learn something, um, you know, in, in, in very, you know, earthly way, but that brings us to a higher good. And, and sometimes that is directly reading scripture or the catechism, the lives of the saints. But other times it's reading a good business book that although it's a business book, the leadership principles are very consistent with the rest of these things. And it opens up our mind to a higher truth. The next uh, gift fortitude is, is something that we hear, you know, in business and even in sports, you know, the great fortitude of, of an athlete, uh, very important uh, to uh, leaders of any organization. Yeah. And, you know, according to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it denotes a firmness of mind in doing good and avoiding evil, evil, particularly when it is difficult or dangerous to do so. And the confidence to overcome all obstacles, even deadly ones, by virtue of assurance of everlasting life. So again, ultimately speaking, the gifts of the Holy Spirit draw us toward God for heaven in eternity. But there's no doubt about it, that gift of the Holy Spirit of fortitude is in relationship to that cardinal virtue, which is the natural virtue that we have even on our own, okay? Um, that one there is, you know, is engaging the arduous. So when we have firmness of mind in doing good, and avoiding evil, we're going to make good decisions to do the right thing in business. I mean, I think about Tylenol when there was that problem, you know, many years ago that somebody was poisoning, uh, you know, the bottles and they didn't, they didn't say, well, it wasn't us. It's not our fault. They immediately pulled everything off the shelf. They took ownership for something that they didn't even own themselves. And that built trust. Why did they do that? Because it's the right thing. Because it's a good thing to do. And it doesn't matter who did this, us or some nefarious character. And of course, as a result now, we have all the tamper-proof uh, jars for virtually everything. And that led to that. But they did something good. And it affected a lot of people. Through a uh, divine providence, uh, a business owner, John, is joining us this morning from Maine. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, John, you're on with Dave Duran. Yes, good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, I, I do believe I, I, I threw on the radio station, and I believe, believe it was a, a, a divine uh, thing as I went from a, 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 one of my job sites and I pulled into Home Depot parking lot, and I just happened to, to listen. And in my short drive to Home Depot, I just, you know, I was just thinking that I, I you know, I, I honestly, I, I run a small business, a handful of guys, and you know, I'm 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 I'm, the, I'm a husband and a father of four children, and I often feel that that God is calling me to, you know, something bigger. It's not it's part of my emotion, but I just I feel like God is is calling me to, to do something bigger, and I, and I realize the value in what I'm doing. You know, uh, running a small business with really good guys, and 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 you know, certainly being of service to my family, but. You know, my capacity is big, and God has continues to show me that. And I just wonder how I um, remain open to that and, and even continue to trust on a deeper level that, that you know, just to kind of 
I don't know, find the direction, you know, and, and, and hear and listen more. Um, how do I go about that? John, first of all, the, the one of the, you know, the, the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit can spontaneously give us are tears, and that might be an affirmation that you are right. I would, I would say a couple different things. First of all, it's very impossible on a radio 60-second answer to give you the full answer, but I will tell you, maybe he's calling you something outside of what you're doing, but the, what I have learned is he's probably calling you to do what you're doing even better and maybe expand it a little bit more. The mission field of the workplace is massive, and the need to have gr- great entrepreneurs, and maybe some of these men you're leading, and teach them how to expand, or maybe you're supposed to open up five or six more locations and guide and lead other people. Why? So that good men, good people, have more power and more authority and more income to do good things, and they're taught them through that workplace. So a lot of us think when we have this conversion, we're supposed to abandon what we do and be- go become a theologian. No, most often we're supposed to do what we're doing their best. I heard that one time Mother Teresa was in the States and there was a very wealthy man who approached her and said, I feel like I should sell everything and come to Calcutta and help you. And she, she looked at him and said, what you need to do is keep running your business and run it even better so I don't have to come and set up shop here. So very often, that's one of the things we need to do. Do what you're doing. Do it better. Mentor those men who really need you. And then, you know, additionally, be there for your family just as you are. So I, I love this phone call because I think it's going to help a lot of people. Thanks so much, uh, John. Pray, come Holy Spirit, come and the Lord will lead you. Dave, we're out of time. I really appreciate you being on with us. Uh, Thanks so much. Great, John. Thanks. Dave Durand, uh, the host of The Dave Durand Show, and you can listen to him Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central here on Relevant Radio. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called, As We Forgive Those Who Trespass. A verse I've been reflecting on a lot lately is Isaiah 43, 25. God says, It is I, I who wipe out for my own sake your offenses. Your sins I remember no more. I've been pondering how God says he wipes out our offenses for his own sake and remembers our sin no more. I would have thought that God would say he wipes out our offenses for our sakes. Makes more sense, right? Until I started thinking about the power of forgiveness, which we're called to do radically as Christians. If God forgives our offenses for his own sake, that should be a lesson in how we should forgive, not for the sake of the one who offended us, but for our own sake. God knows that when we hold on to hurt and anger toward others, it doesn't hurt the other as much as it hurts ourselves. People who refuse to forgive others become bitter, resentful, miserable people. Their refusal to forgive is like a prison that they live in, continuing to harbor anger toward those who hurt them. Contrast that with a person who can freely forgive those who wrong them. Even though they were hurt, they don't nurse hard feelings and wish evil on that person. Instead, they live in freedom, acknowledging the wrong that was done to them and deciding to extend mercy and forgiveness. This is actually what heals a person, not holding on to bitterness and anger. It doesn't mean they necessarily forget the wrong done against them like God does, or to continue to pursue a harmful relationship, but it's easy to see when someone can forgive another, it is to their own benefit. Thanks so much, Glenn. Let's honor our Lord Jesus and our Blessed Mother Mary by praying and watching the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky and Maggie, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Wednesday, January 17th, 2024 edition of Morning Air. For Glenn, Sarah, Gabby, Young Thomas, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead.